From architecture to painting and sculpture, literature to live music and theater, Radio 111 presents Bonnie G and Brian Mendoza with The Desert Scene, your connection to culture and entertainment in the desert cities. Here's Bonnie and Brian. And welcome to The Desert Scene. I'm here with uh, Brian Mendoza, my very talented co-host. And our guest uh, today, I'm so excited to have Michael Shaw on. He's been on many times with us. He's a vet of The Desert Scene, veteran. And uh, they've got, Desert Performs has a really exciting um, play coming up, opening March 4th. Hey, Michael, how are you? Good morning. How are you, Bonnie? Nice to hear your voice. Yeah, good to talk to you. Seems like it's been a little while. So It has been. It has been. The Mountaintop. Now, I think you had rescheduled this, right? I mean, was this originally going to be, I think, in January and COVID got in the way? Yeah. Yeah. You know, as we were, we were approaching our third week uh, of rehearsals just before uh, the holiday break, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the news and cases and things seem to be on the climb, mm-hmm. and... January just looked really scary, yeah. you know, just initially. And, and we were in the early part of January coming off of the holidays. So it just, it just seemed, it, it felt like the right thing to do. Just like, you know what, let's postpone this. Let's mm-hmm. just hold off. Yeah. Um, because as you know, because we're all experiencing this, if yes. something happens, if somebody gets sick, it just shuts everything down. Right. And um, it's just so disruptive. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we have an obligation to keep everybody as safe as possible. So it just felt like the right thing to do at the time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we've moved it to uh, March. March 4th what? is opening night now for mm-hmm. uh, the Mountaintop. And what we've done is we've canceled our third show, which is Grand Concourse. So basically Mountaintop is filling the spot that mm-hmm. would have been Grand Concourse. Okay. And uh, we're just going to hang tight on Grand Concourse, um, hopefully for the future. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I think, that, you know, it's yeah, always better yeah. to be safe. It's better to be safe. I know we're all, everybody's negotiating this, and it's like a tightrope wire act. You're balancing out, oh. you know, pro- profits and keeping going and keeping your actors working and keeping the entertainment for the uh, local residents, but you want people to be safe. So it's always a balancing act. Yeah. It's tough. It is. It is. And we're all in the same, yeah. we're all in the same predicament. Yeah. I mean, uh, Everybody is. I mean, you just you just sit there. I think the anxiety of waiting mm-hmm. has been one of the hardest parts about this. Is you know you're in rehearsals and you know we test weekly and we just want to make sure that everybody's safe. But even you know every time you take a test, you're like, Ugh, I know, yeah. Is everybody gonna be okay? You right, know, it's right. It's just craziness. So so the mountaintop. This sounds fascinating. So it's a 2010 Olivier Award winning play by is it Katori Hall? Am I pronouncing that correctly? Katori Hall. Okay. Yes, Katori and tell Hall. us tell us the story. This is fascinating to me. So um, yes, it did win the Olivier Award for best drama um, in 2010. It ended up um, uh, coming to uh, America, came to New York, I believe in. Tw- oh, I'm sorry if I get this wrong, 2017, maybe mm-hmm. 2015, on Broadway, starring Samuel L. Jackson and Angela Bassett. Mm. And it is a reimagined story of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s last night on Earth before mm-hmm. his assassination mm-hmm. uh, in 1968. So um, for those of you who are familiar with the history, in 1968, obviously, um, uh, Dr. King was assassinated. He was in Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. He was staying at the Lorraine Motel at the time, um, room 306, and it is currently a museum. It is uh, it is a museum honoring um, his legacy and that last fateful night um, before he was uh, assassinated. Mm-hmm. But this takes a very interesting t- twist 
um, totally reimagined fic- yeah. fictional take on his last night. Yeah. Um, I will tell you that it is incredibly powerful, obviously, mm-hmm. but incredibly, remarkably, unexpectedly funny. It is mm-hmm. one of the most humorously endearing plays um, I have ever read. And um, as is the thing that we seem to do at this art is halfway through the play, something happens and you're caught off guard and you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. what happens is he's in his room the night before, you know, that last night. Mm-hmm. And um, historically he was there, it was a rainy night mm-hmm. and he calls for coffee. So the housekeeper, housekeeping brings him coffee and he's visited by this woman who is uh, from housekeeping bringing him coffee mm-hmm. and they engage in a conversation and she starts to reveal her relationship to him. Mm-hmm. And it's not a relationship that he knows about, but he all of a sudden, he was very, obviously, he was incredibly um, uh, always on guard because the FBI was investigating him. He didn't right. know if she was a setup, if she was a, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so their relationship goes through in a matter of 90 minutes, goes through this roller coaster of who are you, what are you doing here, you're not who you say you are, blah, blah, blah. And um, uh, they end up smoking together, and they drink coffee, and they you know sip whiskey together, and they have a pillow fight, and <laughs> yeah. it just rolls out to be one of the most loving and yet unexpected relationships that happened during the course of this play. Wow! Um, with with an amazing ending. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, it has uh, sound effects and uh, special effects. Mm-hmm. Um, that we've never done at Desert Performs, yeah. um, engineered and led by you know yours, your your yours and my love love um, man Clark Duggar. Oh, of course is, we love uh, him. Yes, he's together all of it. So he's the best. Um, it's really nice. It's nice, and the cast is just the two. It's just the two actors. I was just going to ask you. Tell us about. Uh, I'm looking at their pictures and bios. They I, I, they look like I'm ha- I'm going to guess they're fabulous. That's just my looking they at the are. bio. Yeah, tell us a little bit about them. They are well. So uh, Dr. King is played by Cortez Johnson, who was last seen in our last onstage performance um, during Sweat. He played the son, Chris, in Sweat. Mm-hmm. And um, brilliant actor, young actor, mm-hmm. and who's just marvelous in this role. And a new actress I haven't worked with, Shante Deloach from mm-hmm. Los Angeles, and she plays the uh, the role of Kimmy. Okay. And uh, they uh, they their chemistry is brilliant together. Um, even at the audition, mm-hmm. they just they just hit it off immediately. I thought this is yeah. a wonderful pairing. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of fun, and we've taken we've great we've taken great pains to make the room look and feel like it did in 1968. Mm-hmm. The furniture, yeah. Um, the the chairs the, the, the chairs totally replicated. Uh, Tom Valak, our set designer, totally rep- recreated the chair. Wow. Um, that's in the room, and uh, uh, there's. There's a phone book. There's a Bible. There's, um, you know, uh, uh, oh, there's a newspaper. We actually have recreated the newspaper from that fateful day. Wow. Um, from uh, the newspaper actually was from the Memphis. What, what's the newspaper? John Clark is here with me. Uh, what's the newspaper? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the Memphis something. Um, okay. And the front page is exactly how it was in 1968. Oh, that's great. So it's really quite brilliant. It's fun. I wanted to ask you, as the director, were there any uh, unique challenges doing a play like this that 
uh, is based on history, based on a real story, even though it's a different twist. Any unique challenges with that? Um, well, you know what? I grew up in the South, mm-hmm. so there's, um, there's, there's a language. There's clearly um, a difference in class, uh, economic class, between Ken May and Dr. King. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, socioeconomic and education. Yeah. So the language reflects her upbringing, um, uh, obviously in a lower economic class than Dr. King was, right. uh, education-wise. Mm-hmm. So the really the challenge is making sure that we got the dialect right. Yes. Um, because they're both Southerners, but she's a Southerner from Memphis in a totally different uh, community than he came from. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I I, um, I want to be sensitive to. Uh, the message of civil rights. Obviously, right. he was obviously he right. was an icon and a hero. Um, so I brought on an assistant director who was black, mm-hmm. and um, I want to be sensitive to the community right. in bringing this play mm-hmm. um, because there's so much that as <laughs> as a white man, I, I you don't just, no right you know, a totally yeah. different experience. Right. So we have um, uh, a black director, an AD director, who's coming in, who's working with us. Um, and then, of course, the actors themselves are bringing their experience um, from their community into the play as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Katori Hall, read up on her because the history of her writing is really quite brilliant. Okay. Um, uh, All right. Yeah. Uh, my, Brian has a question for you. I, I, I was yeah, going to say that last response. I got me thinking of so many questions yeah. right now. I was going to ask you. Now, one of the things that I really like about this play is the fact that even though it is about a tragedy that occurs to a black man, a.k.a. Martin Luther King Jr., it's not exactly like marinating on black trauma. And I wanted to ask you, you know, was that ever consciously like, is that a part of the reason why you chose this play, is that it isn't playing on black trauma? Has some humor and some, you know, otherwise, yeah, yeah. other other themes. Well, the thing, the thing without revealing anything, Mm -hmm. there there is a turning point in the play that grabs you mm-hmm. and it takes you on a journey that you don't expect. So that's really, for me, the writing is, re- the writing is really good. Mm-hmm. Just out the gate. The writing is wonderful. And the, because you go into it not knowing anything about it, so the humor s- strikes you. You're like, oh my God, this is really funny. Mm-hmm. This is really funny. Um, so uh, you, you learn very early on that it is not, it is not a play of tragedy. It's not a tragic play. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't, its main theme is not about the work that Dr. King did, but a fictional uh, take on his last night, his last night. Um, it does touch upon quite beautifully what the world would have been like if, if he, he had if lived, he was not if yeah. he had not been assassinated, yeah. and that's also a very very brilliant part of the play um, that is revealed at some point. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question, Brian. But um, <laughs> no, it answers it. I was also going to ask you about you know how you were saying that you were concerned that as a white man that you wouldn't do this play effectively. Now I wanted to ask you: Was there ever a moment in production while? you know, rehearsals or any time that you had to learn something like something that you felt like, like, was there a learning experience at any point because of your whiteness and your tackling of this play? Did you ever feel like, wow, I, I, I need to actually go and research something. 
Um, well, I then I, I do research by nature just beforehand tackling a play. Yeah. Um, beforehand, so there wasn't a, a, an aha moment during the during rehearsal. Um, but the language, the language, and making sure that the language is correct, mm-hmm. um, is 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 a challenge actually with any play. Um, but uh, I'm also very active, you know, specifically, and so um, and I knew I know so much about Dr. King's work. Um, just as an individual and a, uh, <laughs> a, a, a bleeding liberal, I yeah. would admit. Yeah. You know, um, as a gay man, obviously, um, I'm very, very in tune with um, with civil rights. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, hu- human rights. Um, so it's very much a part of my DNA. Yeah. Um, but no, if there's ever if there if there's ever a sensitivity, um, the play obviously uses the N word. Um, mm-hmm. Not obviously, but it does. It does use the N word, yeah. and there um, uh, there are uh, phrases that uh, come from the community that I'm not familiar with. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there might be moments where I go like, you know what? Can somebody? Can you guys explain Fun this to me? Mean, yeah, yeah. What this means, yeah. You know, um, but there's also a southernness to it that I identify with. My father's from Kentucky, yeah, um, and my father didn't grow up rich, so yeah. there is a socioeconomic reality. To um, that I'm very, very aware of and sensitive to because of my father, sure. um, having grown up in the South. Um, not that it's the same experience from a black man and white man, but just the regionalisms. There's great similarity in the regionalisms that I'm very familiar with um, mm. because of my father. Yeah. Well, the, this sounds fabulous. The Mountaintop, a 2010 Olivier Award-winning play by Katori Hall, uh, directed by Michael Shaw at the uh, Desert Performance Pearl McManus Theater and the Palm Springs Women's Club, March 4th through the 13th. For tickets, go to 760-322-0179 or desertperforms.org. Michael, congratulations. I can't wait to see this. Congratulations on this. sounds fabulous. Well, I can't fabulous. wait for you to be there. Thank you, my dear. It's nice to hear your voice. You, Brian, you too. you too. Thank you for having me. You're, you're welcome. Michael Shaw. We love having them on. And we'll talk to all of you next time on The Desert Scene.